0: You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are tuning in to this edition of the other Connor Podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. Connor Halley with you here as always. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley. Before we get to the show today, quick shout out to our sponsor, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. Of course, we've got the big game coming up this weekend. NHL hockey, we've got the NBA, we've got golf, we've got mixed martial arts. Plenty of fun stuff to get to on DraftKings. And like I said, sign up today and make sure to use promo code THPN. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show for the Edmonton Oilers coming off the 3-2 overtime loss to the Ottawa Senators on Monday night. Their next action is Wednesday when they're in Washington to take on the Capitals. Five o'clock puck drop if you're looking for some pregame coverage. Tune into TSN 1260 starting at four o'clock. Tom Gazola, Matt Cassian, Jason Greger, and Jason Stroud will be there. I'll be there too, but uh, they'll do the, bu- the bulk of the talking in that one for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, looking to get back in the winning side after uh, a couple wins over the weekend. Uh, then they lose to the uh, Ottawa Senators, like I said, in overtime, three to two currently sitting in 10th spot in the Western Conference, only a couple points back, of the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames, uh, the LA Kings, Vegas Golden Knights, and Anaheim Ducks, all ahead of the Oilers as well in the Pacific Division. But the good news for the Edmonton Oilers, they've got a bunch of games in hand of all of those teams. Now they got to get out there and find a way to win them. Uh, since the last time we spoke, I know we had Vander Kane uh talk on the last episode of the podcast. Uh he made his debut with the Edmonton Oilers, got the goal on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens. Was held uh without a goal or a point against the Ottawa Senators, but uh looks like he's going to be the guy for Connor McDavid playing on that wing. You can already see the effect that he's had. Uh he goes to the net, he plays physical, he's the rough and tumble guy that we had expected. As expected as well, uh looks like the legs aren't quite there yet. So uh, a good addition for the Edmonton Oilers with Evander Kane. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with the rest of the season, how it gets going for him. Uh, after the game on Wednesday night against the Capitals, the Edmonton Oilers off for a little while. Of course, it is the all-star break uh, in Las Vegas. Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl will be representing the Oilers. Uh, and then their next action actually taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. It won't be in Vegas. It'll be in Edmonton. Uh, but the Oilers got the... Golden Knights, the Blackhawks, and the New York Islanders, uh, three games in a four-day span. So a lot of Edmonton Oilers hockey coming up for you, of course, in the month of February, March, and April, with all the time that was missed in uh, the little Christmas holiday season there. Uh Great show coming up for you today, and we won't waste any time. We're going to get right into it. A guy here on TSN 1260, he's the host of the Don Wheaton GM on White Pre and Post Game Show. You can also get him on the Oil Stream. give him a follow on twitter at tom Gazola. tom gazzola joins me today tom thanks so much for doing this once again how are you doing
1: hey connor that was a fantastic introduction thank you very much and all those things i do all of that that's incredible
0: yeah you know it what i'm busy i even left out nhl network correspondent
1: oh yeah i forgot so, about that i do that too <laughs> i was on the other
0: day <laughs> you do a lot of things i mean you find ways to keep busy uh, uh i was gonna say you're an avid hunter but You're, I mean, a a TV personality.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. I did that, too. Wild TV, Bozone (laughs) Live, Season 2. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, it keeps me busy, and I love it. Uh, But the bread and butter is the Oilers pre- and post-game show, or the Don Wheaton GM on White pre- and post-game show, which I'm honored to have you as my uh, co-host on the pre-game all the time, buddy. We have a good team. We have a good team.
0: Now, are you involved with any apparel companies in hockey?
1: Uh, I help Andy Sutton out a little bit with his up-and-coming brand, Verbero, but uh, I'm a little, bit, a little bit more hands-off these days than I was previously, but uh, still help out when I can there, and uh, looking forward to seeing what Sutton has in store. He got Haley Wickenheiser involved with her own stick, the Wick oh. stick, which was <laughs> cool, and that made – You know, headlines here in Canada and in uh, ESPN picked it up in in the States. Uh, Kristen Shilton, formerly of TSN, wrote a a great article on it. So, it's a pretty cool brand. Uh, The equipment is excellent. It is the lightest stick on the market, very durable. It is a true one piece carbon fiber stick. I use it. I have the pants. I've got the gloves. And uh, they're also Excellent hockey equipment that uh, Sutz owns and is developing and continues to enhance with his uh, patents and all of that. And then on top of that, if people are looking for a, a jersey supplier, apparel supplier, or equipment supplier for their team, uh, Verbero does it all. It's like a one-stop shop. Look at me doing Hawk and Verbero gear here. Hey. But, uh, yeah, it, it is actually pretty new. It's 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 a different concept where, say you had a team and you needed – Uh, custom gloves, pants, jerseys, uh, everything, and and apparel, plus just equipment for your team as well. Uh, It's all on one site, and uh, Andy's kind of um, trying to be... bit of a trailblazer in that regard so it's kind of cool and uh, kind of neat to see that side of the sport as well
0: yeah and i i, I wanted to bring that up tom because like we, we've we had sutton on the podcast he was great and I, I know that company for teams maybe looking for new uniforms and you want to not use the the traditional route you got a new up-and-coming brand you guys do cool stuff and you redid the danbury trashers jersey so yeah. <laughs> i mean for that alone you got to give the company some love uh com, correct
1: com. Yeah. Check it out and feel free to reach out, uh, to me or just send me a note on Twitter yeah. if you're interested and I'll, I'll get you sorted out, but uh, it's starting to pick up and that's good to see. And, uh, some trials and tribulations. It's, he just bought the company a couple of years ago and, uh, he's trying to overhaul it and it's, it's been interesting, Connor, to say the least and to, to try to help him with whatever I know in, in the sports uh, marketing and uh, apparel game, um, I've, I've done what I can, <laughs> to be honest. But it's been neat, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm going to say you, you could go to the website or just message or reach out to Tom on Twitter. He'll, he'll help yeah. you out with that one. Uh, speaking of interesting, Tom, uh, why don't we go back to Monday night when the Edmonton Oilers... I mean, they find a way to lose once again. I I was hoping they were going to get back into the winning thing here and just keep it going a little bit longer. They lose to the Ottawa Senators in overtime. Uh, You had the post-game show on TSN 1260 alongside Hernan Salas and Matt Cassian. I guess, what was the response from the fan base after that one?
1: Disappointment, number one, obviously, and that's understandable. You kind of had that exasperated sigh there, Connor, and I think that sums (laughs) up the the mindset of the fan base, and, and rightly so. I mean, you you got to go into ottawa and you need to take two points out of there against the sens team that you knew was going to play you tough even though they had a depleted lineup and were missing a ton of key players the orders were sloppy and you know they did salvage the one point that's good, and if you want to look at it on the bright side, they've got points in five straight. Yes, they had a four-game winning streak, which was excellent to see. I think it was really uh, the best game of that four-game winning streak was the one over Nashville that that kind of showed you that this team's still capable of beating good teams and playing a, a solid game. But then, you know, two nights later, they play against Montreal, barely an NHL squad, and, and they... Just absolutely drub the Habs, so you take that game and you just you, you should really disregard it and just say, all right, you got the the two points and just move on. And another chance to kind of do the same thing in Ottawa, who embarrassed the Oilers at home a couple weeks ago, and they go out there and and go back to their some of their bad habits and not very crisp, uh, coughing up opportunities, kind of. Mind-numbingly bad mistakes and ones that we saw during the seven-game winless streak and and prior to that, the six-game losing streak, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, here's a reminder that this team's not out of it just yet. And so hopefully it wakes them up going into a tough Wednesday matchup against a a very strong Washington Capitals club who will be on the back half of a back-to-back because they're taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins as we record this, but... You know, if they tap into the Oilers, uh, what they did last week against the Preds, I think they have a good shot tomorrow night. But, Connor, if they show up and do what they did in Ottawa yesterday, that's Troubles Bubbles.
0: A hundred percent. And I mean, just uh, to give people a look in, it's 2 2 right now, uh, between the Caps and the Penguins as we tape this in the second period. So I'll let you know we're recording this on uh, Tuesday night around six o'clock. Now, Tom, uh, the Oilers fall in overtime. Uh, Tim Stutzlow with a winner, a uh, goal that I guess you know we, people people blame who they want to blame for that one. I know Hernan Salas on the post game show he tweeted out, "Who do you blame for that one?" In my opinion, huh. I thought it was a shot that was very well placed from uh, the young German. I believe he's German, correct? Uh, he he correct. and dry fellow countrymen, uh, yep. but at the same time, you've got a six foot seven goalie in Miko Koskinen that gets beat over the shoulder. Some people wanted to blame Darnell Nurse, who took a crazy long shift. Where do you place the blame, or do you think it's a little bit from everyone?
1: Uh, The the team player in me spreads the blame. (laughs) Uh, The guy that's been harping on the goalie all year puts it on the goalie. And then I also recognize Darnell Nurse hasn't had the best of seasons, although I think he's been better than some fans want to give him credit for. So, with that goal, Nurse kind of backs off and gives Stutzla a lane to shoot it. Stutzla, great shot. Like, he, he recognized that Koskinen was back in his net on his knees, and he spotted the top corner over his shoulder where he could place the puck, and he did. With Koskinen, like, wh- why are you on your knees? Stutzla <laughs> is, is coming in. Why aren't you up? Challenging, taking away the angles, on top of the fact that you're six foot seven, and so I'll point back to the first goal of the game, too, Connor, where basically it was a harmless shot by Thomas Shabbat that hit Koskinen's stick, rolled up over and behind him, and while it was in the air, he goes to like smack it with his blocker, but actually hits it into his own net. That was a bad goal, too. Uh, now the Oilers probably should have had more than two goals last night. They didn't get that. They weren't again very crisp, and they didn't do a lot to to create a lot of high high danger chances. I felt they were kept out of the slot pretty good. Uh, they did still outshoot the Sens, but you know this is the Ottawa Senators here. Like you need you need to take home the two points, and um, there's plenty of blame to to be spread around, but. On that goal, I guess you could say it's a combination of Nurse not playing that play too well because I, he, was, I thought he was trying to take away the middle for any potential cross ice pass. There was nobody even there when I went back and watched it again. And then Stutzla, good shot on his part. And then Mikko Koskinen, what are you doing? How's that sound?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you nailed it there, and I mean. I, if this is the other way around, and let's say Connor McDavid beats uh an opposing goalie in that situation, everyone's going to be saying, what a shot for McDavid, right? So I think you got to give Stutzler a little bit of credit there. This guy's a talent. I mean, he just fought Willie Lagasin as well, went off the ice bleeding, comes back to score the overtime winner. Uh, yeah. I-, I respect that. I-, I really like that, and I think the Ottawa Senators got a bright future with him and some of the other young talents, but... Come on, Miko Koskin. And you're making it hard for people to defend you when you let goals in like that one. Uh, another big thing in that game, and you know, today with the Jason Greger show, I noticed a lot on the text line was people complaining about some of the shift lengths. Uh, we saw the Sportsnet shift clock pop up a couple times. Uh, did you have any issue with Oilers maybe staying out there a little bit too long, especially in overtime?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely, because we saw them in Vancouver in overtime do the opposite, where they were keeping the shifts short, fresh legs, everybody was moving, nobody was coasting on the ice, and it led to great chances and a win. Fast forward a week, and they're out there for a minute, minute 30, kind of just circling around, and you know, you got fresh legs on the bench, you, you had the recipe for success a week prior, and they're just going against that and and hanging out there. So yeah, absolutely, you can make an argument that that was unnecessary, and maybe it did cost them the game because you got guys there with heavy legs and and they're not moving as quickly as they are generally capable of when they're at you know full energy or they're rested, and you know maybe that did contribute to the loss as well. So I think that it's a valid. Issue to bring up that the shift length should have been shorter. In overtime, I get it. You've got McDavid and drysettle but splitting them up worked the week prior. You have a recipe for success. Why go against it? Uh, that that to me was a bit baffling as well. So it is a fair point. I'm I, in total agreeance with it, and uh, that's what happens. You you let your guard down. You go longer, and you uh, maybe coast a little bit more, and you end up losing that extra point.
0: Uh, Tom, a guy played a couple games now with the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, he had that goal in Montreal, Evander Kane. I mean, I feel like for the last three weeks, it's all we've talked about on the podcast, the radio show, post-game shows, pre-game shows. Could it happen? He is a member of the team. Uh, What have you made of his play in the first two games here with the Oilers?
1: I mean, the first goal in Montreal was a good one to get. You get that out of the way, and then, you know, that's a bit of a sigh of relief. It seems like he's fitting in with the group thus far. It's interesting that they're on the road together. And you get the road trip as your first real uh, taste of your new team and introduction to your new team. So I think that element probably helps him a little bit to get to know the guys. Which you know, in theory, you get the chemistry off the ice. You hope he's a good teammate. He's got to be a model citizen. We know that, and and that'll help on the ice. And when guys uh, get along, uh, it creates better chemistry on the ice. So. That part of it's good. Now you can see it. He's sucking back wind. He's trying to get back into NHL game shape, and the only way to do that is to play in practice at the NHL level. Hadn't played a game since December eighteenth, prior to that one, uh, the other night against Montreal. And and the other thing too is like he's getting more touches with the puck, and and you know he's going to get more confident with his new teammates and with the handling the puck in general, but it's just not there yet. There's the rest that needs to be shaken off. He only played five AHL games, Connor, all season long, obviously had that lengthy suspension to start the season after, you know, mishandling the the COVID vaccination status thing. And, I think it's going to take a couple of weeks for him to really hit his stride. But game by game, practice by practice, uh, it'll come around. So, so far, so good. And, you know, if, if McDavid wants to help him out and he's got another willing teammate in Yamamoto and linemate in Yamamoto helping him out as well, um, that's good. When you got guys that are positive around you, surrounding you and, and trying to uplift you, and you have a lot of talent that could benefit them as well. Uh that creates good vibes. We'll see if that continues. That's the big question. And uh I mean the team plays a ton of hockey in in the next 3 months or so. Uh doesn't really allow a lot of opportunity for him to to do anything dumb off the ice, although never say never.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they still got some free time, right? I, and the Oilers do have, I think, what, five games in an eight-day stretch. So there's going to be a lot of hockey to come uh, after Wednesday's game, though they do have six days off. But what do you think the game plan will be for Evander Kane in that stretch? Like, you really don't need to rest. You've you got to find a way to get back up to speed. I mean, do you think, do you think he's on the ice every day?
1: I'm not sure. I, I would assume he's probably going to grab whatever he needs from I don't know if it's going to be San Jose or or Vancouver and have it sent up here. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the moving process kind of kicks in and he can kind of settle down and, and get acclimated to being in Edmonton and all of that. I'm assuming that'll be part of it. I don't think he'll be too far away from the rink so if there's ice available which you know the downtown community arena there's usually ice available especially to the Oilers and the Oil Kings. Uh, it's not a formal team practice, but I'm sure if he wanted to skate, he could skate. He might do that, but uh, he might also just take the, the five or six days to, to kind of get his uh, bearings straightened out and everything's set up here in Edmonton as he looks to try to help make this team into a playoff team once again and and maybe even turn it into a contender because, like we know, and like they've been saying, they're in win-now mode, and he needs to be a big part of that. So it'll be interesting. Probably uh, good, too, to get uh, a bit of a breather in as well after playing a bunch of games after an absolutely crazy week for him. And so that's my assumption as to what he'll probably be doing. I could be totally wrong, but uh, I don't think the teams are allowed to have like formal skates or anything like that during the all-star break either.
0: Tom, the team announcing uh, Slater Cuckoo placed on waivers. uh, Hadn't played, I believe since uh, the game against Vancouver, the three, two overtime win. Um, Do you think that's just a move to kind of open up a spot for Tyson Berry, get back into the lineup against the Capitals?
1: That's the most logical thing, and it makes the most sense. Cuckoo, I don't think anybody's going to take him, and this is the Oilers. He was their seventh defenseman, probably played a little bit more than uh, he was expected to when the Oilers had those injuries on the back end, especially on the left side. Cuckoo himself missed some time uh, with injury, and now he's he's been back, and I don't think he's played particularly well. Maybe got exposed a little bit playing too much, so I'm assuming Connor. Nobody picks him up, and then he could just, you know, go to the taxi squad for the last game, or uh, winds up with the team, but waived the same way Kyle Turris was, same way William Laguson was. And uh, I'm sure that doesn't mean it's the end of his tenure. But yeah, that might be a good sign that Tyson Berry is good to go. And it was funny because on the postgame show, most of the time people talk about Tyson Berry, they're complaining. <laughs> he uh, actually got a compliment from someone. I, I can't remember the name of the texter, but they said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm looking forward to Tyson Berry getting back into the lineup. So that might be a sign that uh, Berry and his upper and lower body injuries have healed enough where he could play.
0: Tom, I, I had to laugh. I was uh, listening to you guys on the post-game show, and I know after Wins you guys like to wrap up the show with La Bomba. Is, is it a everyday thing when you guys wrap up Losses with – is it Hello Darkness, My Old Friend? Is that the song that – Hernan was using there?
1: It, it, we he used it last <laughs> night and he mixed it up because before that he would always uh, play I'm sorry by I think Brenda Lee it's like a song from the 50s or 60s <laughs> and uh I was like no I'm sorry he goes yeah I'm just mixing it up sad song though and so he's keeping with that tradition. I like the way Nanso's kind of slid that in there. It's it's really quite fitting to be honest.
0: Yeah, my only issue is that he could have let it run a little longer, but... I know. You know, I, I guess beggars can't be choosers. I think it's a nice touch by old Hernan Salas on the post-game shows on TSN 1260. Uh, Tom, when the Oilers take on the Capitals on Wednesday, who who are you starting between the pipes, and are there any other roster moves, maybe with the exception of Tyson Berry?
1: Well, uh, you know, I would go back to Stuart Skinner, although he hasn't been particularly... Outstanding. He got the win over Montreal. That's great. Uh, Vico Koskinen, you know, had a very strong week in picking up, uh, three of those four wins. And he deserves credit for that. He did win the Ming Shining Star of the Game Award. Two out of those three wins. So that's a notable award to pick up, uh, via the Don Wheaton GM on White postgame show. However, you know, that, that game yesterday and a couple of those goals of the three, uh, the two, I thought, the first and the third were ones where you're like, mm, better goalie would have had that. And so I, I might go back to Stuart Skinner, and I would say, Stuart, play this game like that Winnipeg game you did uh, back home a couple of months ago, because they they need a big performance in goal, especially facing guys like Alexander Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, and the likes. I I don't know if Miko Koskinen can continue the level of play he showed last week. Um, uh, There's already been an indicator that he can't. We saw it in Ottawa, and so that's why I might be inclined to go to Stuart Skinner.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and the way those guys can put the puck in the back of the net, it it just gives me vibes that a a softie would go in, and, you know, you could be playing catch-up all game in that one. Hernan asked me that question. I hopped on the Locked On Oilers podcast with him, and I said Koskinen, and then, like, as I was talking about it, I just talked myself out of it. Like, okay, I'm going back to Seward Skinner. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to sell myself on it, but I couldn't.
1: It's, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of people very excited about Koskinen. They're like, he's back, baby. (laughs) Valen Camus, all that stuff. (laughs) No, no. For a brief window, he gave it to you. He showed you. Uh, At times, he can do it, but uh, it's not sustainable. And we've seen that so many times over the course of the last four seasons that we shouldn't be tricked into thinking it's going to change anytime soon.
0: Tom, uh, for those who don't know, before your move to TSN 1260, you worked with Oilers TV, and with that, you got a chance to go to a handful of All-Star games. Of course, that's coming up this weekend. What is your favorite part about All-Star weekend? And, you know, share as much as you'd like. You don't have to get to the, the fun stuff if you don't want to.
1: No, the fun stuff's the best stuff. It's the all the parties and events around the game and the skills competition. All of that is awesome, especially the, the parties truly are great. And I'll say this on top of that is the events that the NHL puts on, uh, taking up conference centers and having things in and around the arena for – the general public to attend or or, you know pay i I don't know if there's a fee to go into them but uh, they have all the trophies there they bring in celebrities they have a bunch of events and they truly do an excellent job and then there's also the partner parties and sponsored events that happen all around the arenas and the downtowns of the various nhl cities like those are awesome it is a a very good weekend uh, and a fun weekend to be a a part of but the the downer of those weekends, Connor, is when you have to go to the rink. This is just from a media coverage side because, you know, what are you really covering on the day of the skills competition? Like, you, are you filing a report on the skills competition? When I worked Oilers TV, I had to. But if you were just a regular media member and that was your assignment, you know, you might host like a, a quick two-minute thing with uh, an, an analyst, or you might get an interview, and that's it. So it's a pretty cushy, easy gig overall. And then the game is, is generally boring, and I brought it up on the Jason Greger Show, too, because the heart of the players isn't in it anymore. They don't try, and I feel like it, it's really dwindled, like how much players take pride in being All-Stars anymore. And I, I recall, like, you, you look back to, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, maybe even early 2000s, it, it was something to truly be proud of to play in the All-Star game. And even though you weren't going out there and hitting guys and blocking shots and stuff like that, like it was still a really good exhibition game featuring the best players in the world. Nowadays, it's the best players in the world skating around like it's a Friday night at 1130 at Argyle Arena and they're just waiting to get into the room and have a beer or two because, you know, the extra money that the NHL uh, offered to the winning teams, that doesn't really put it over the top. These guys are just out there to go for a twirl, and it's too bad because it, it turns it into a bad product when it could be a fun, awesome, uh, exciting product that's noteworthy like I think it used to be. Like, maybe, you and I kind of talked about it off air, but, like, were all star games back then really that good? And maybe we just as kids made it out to be something bigger than it was, or or was it legitimately good hockey minus the hitting and stuff? And I feel like my instincts tell me those were actually exciting games that were usually pretty close and had really cool uh storylines. Like I think of Ray Bork scoring the, the late winner in the ninety six game in Boston. It was a great backhand. And then you saw Owen Nolan and his hat-trick performance calling a shot against Dominic Hoschuk. I think back to the Vancouver All-Star game. I think at that point it was North America versus the world, and Gretzky and Messier connected on the, the game-winning goal. And then a 99, Wayne Gretzky wins the uh, MVP of the All-Star game, and that was kind of like his final last hurrah in the all-star obviously and and you could tell it meant something to those guys and and then i think after around 2000 or 2001 connor it just it just became this thing that uh, the players were forced into doing it 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 lost its luster and it kind of came back i think at the nashville one where they started the three-on-three tournament and it's just gone downhill since then
0: yeah, I'm with you. I mean, like back in the day, I mean, I, I loved it. The skills competition was, was huge for me as well. Um, I don't know what they can do. Like, I don't know if North America v- versus Europe brings anything to it. I know they're trying to do things. Uh, you mentioned the three on three. I know we, we had a big discussion about it on uh, the Gregor show and I, I would love to, you know, obviously get rid of the every team has to be represented that's the biggest one for me get the best players there and then if you want to get every team represented you know bring in some of their younger players like I saw Trevor Zegers is going to go for the Ducks and take part in the skills shootout like that's what they should do find the young players around the league like if there's there's guys their first second year get them in there for that and show off some of the skills make make it an event but I'm with you I just think something's missing from the NHL's all-star game and maybe it's just kind of how those rivalries really aren't there anymore like outside wow. of brad marchand who who loves to talk shit to basically every other social media <laughs> yeah. phase, like he's he's <laughs> hilarious on social media but it seems like similar to maybe other sports it's just maybe we're just at a place where these guys off the ice there's there's not beef like there once was uh
1: the give a damn meter has to go up mm-hmm. that's it's just the give a damn meter isn't there anymore and I actually, when it comes to the, uh, every team being represented, I actually am for it. I don't mind it whatsoever. And then this year we saw a lot of the, the arguments for some players, against some players, and, and the reason why they shouldn't have every team represent. This is a league event. Every team's got all-stars. They really do. Uh, are there some guys that are deserving that aren't going this year? Yeah. And, and you know, there's some snubs, I, I believe, and I think part of the snubs come comes from this format where you're you've got four teams picked from the four divisions as opposed to two teams where you're stacking it up with you know players from all over. I think that plays into it, obviously. So I think the format kind of throws a wrench into a traditional all-star games plans. And then on top of that, Connor. I think there's a lot of guys who got offers to go and just turned it down and said, "You know what? No thanks. COVID, whatever excuse they could use, time with family, and they got a free pass this year." I really feel that. Or they, they have an injury of some sort that their athletic therapist, you know, sends the file file uh, with the report to the league to validate it, and I think a lot of that was going on this year. So it's an argument that we could go on and on about, but I don't mind representing Every team at the All-Star Game, I think this format screws it up a bit and I think a bunch of guys didn't want to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you on that one. Uh, this might be the one I go to because it's in Vegas, but you yeah. know, previous years the old back might be tightened up, need a few days off, so I don't have to go down for that one. But uh, you know what? I We talk about it. I know I'm going to be tuning in just, just to see how it goes. i uh, got the Pro Bowl this weekend as well. I, I think I'm one of the few people that actually watches that one too. So uh, should Now be there's a, a bad game. <laughs> it's an awful game. I just <laughs> wanted so to bring bad. back to the old QB competition. I think that's what they have to do uh, and sell that one just a little bit more. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't yet in your state, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a one. Million dollar top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get fifty-six to one odds on either team. Bet just five dollars and get two hundred and eighty in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Six. Twenty-one plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited, a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. And now more of The Other Connor Podcast. Tom, uh, we're going to be at uh, game 42 tomorrow uh, or tonight, I guess, depends when you're listening to this podcast. So, since we're at the midway point of the season for the Edmonton Oilers, I'm going to throw a few questions out there uh, or at you. You can let me know what you think. Uh, If you want to, the people listening want to chime in too, let me uh, know on Twitter at Connor Halley. But so far this year, Tom, who is the Oilers MVP?
1: I think it's Leon Drysidle. I think he's been more consistent than Connor McDavid. Uh, I think he's really done a lot to carry the load. Don't get me wrong, McDavid's still the best player in the world, but and and he's probably right there with Dreisaitl. But to me, Leon Dreisaitl has been this team's MVP. He's having an absolutely fantastic season, and more often than not, he's he's been there more consistently. I think than Connor McDavid. But McDavid, you know, some of the goals he scored this year are absolutely ridiculous. He's had a bit of a rough stretch over the last little while. But uh, to me, it's number 29 in orange and blue. Uh, This team is blessed with two of the best players in the world.
0: Yeah, I think either way you go with those two, it's the right answer. You can make an argument either way, and uh, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. How about uh, biggest surprise?
1: Biggest surprise for me on this team this year... I think, you know, earlier in the season, it probably would have been, yes, uh, Apuliarvi, but he's also kind of tapered off a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll say Evan Bouchard, because I, I thought he would be good, and there are still moments where he he's had really rough nights and he's looked like a, a young defender on the up-and-up, but when he's been on, Connor, he's been really good. And and it, it shows you the potential of what he probably will be on a more consistent basis night to night when he finally finds his groove and hits his stride in the National Hockey League. So um, the peaks have been higher than I thought they would be. Uh, the valleys have been where I expected them to be with Evan Bouchard. It's still a work in progress. But, uh, some of the plays he's made this year, his ability to finish has been excellent, and that surprised me a little bit. So, I'll go with Evan Bouchard.
0: Well, I like that answer. How about biggest disappointment?
1: Oh, biggest disappointment. Mm. And
0: I'll jump in, and I'm gonna yeah, say go this just it. because of the injury, and and you can copy this one, and it might be a bit of a cop out for, for me personally, but I'll go Mike Smith. Just because, you know, you got that two-year extension. Uh, I assume the reasoning would be because Ken Holland assumed that he could, you know, stay healthy and, and be the guy that we saw the last couple of years with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the mm-hmm. best ability is availability. And Mike Smith has not provided that this year. So he would be my biggest disappointment. Not, not based on on ice performance.
1: Okay. Uh, that's understandable for me. Then I would say Kyler Yamamoto. We know how tough the second half of last season was for him and he didn't get it going this year that quickly. Uh, just Eight goals, eight assists through 41 games. He's minus seven. He's been a top six winger all season long, Connor. And to only have 16 points playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl is not acceptable. I know this is still a young player, but um, there's been moments where he's shown up for a few games and, and made some great plays. But a lot of times his efforts, his hard work lead to no results. So for me, the biggest disappointment at this point would be Kyler Yamamoto He's got half a season to turn it around, though.
0: Very well. Very well said there, Tom. Uh, How about Blank will figure it out in the second half of the season?
1: Oh, I like that one. Um, hmm. I want to say with that one... Ryan McLeod will figure it out and's going
0: to use. yeah, season.
1: yeah. <laughs> you're you're seeing little bits and pieces here and there where you're like, oh look at that he's he's sort of getting it on track." And uh, he's trying things here and there, and he's handling the puck in tougher z- spots of the ice. So I think Ryan McLeod would be the guy. And, and if you agree with me, that's because you're a genius. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Great minds, right? That, that That's exactly what I thought. Exactly. Uh, and I, I guess my, my final question, we're at the halfway point. The Oilers, uh, you know, still still fighting for a playoff spot. Not quite in, not quite out of it. Uh, when it's all said and done, where do you think they finish in the Western Conference?
1: In the Western Conference, I think, well, they're going to be a playoff team, Connor, and I think they're going to reel in L.A. and Anaheim. Maybe even Vegas. They have so many games in hand, especially on the Ducks. Seven games in hand on the Ducks as we record this. Five on L.A. Four on Vegas. And I also think the Calgary Flames will also reel in the Ducks, Kings, and potentially the Golden Knights. So I think when all is said and done, the Oilers will be one of the top three teams in the Pacific. And, uh... Uh, you know, overall in the Western Conference, somewhere in the four to six range, I would say. I really do think that this team can figure it out, especially if they get good goaltending from Mike Smith if he ever gets healthy, or Stuart Skinner just takes the net away from Miko Koskinen, or Miko Koskinen plays good when he's actually in there for more than a couple games at a time. Uh, that's going to be the key for sure.
0: I'm going to be. Less optimistic, but I still think optimistic. I think they, they'll find a way to get back into it. I've got them in the seventh or eighth spot. Hopefully the seventh, because I don't think you want that, uh, that matchup with the Colorado Avalanche. That, that might not be ideal. Yeah. Uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, that team's Good playing luck. absolutely fantastic hockey right now. Tom, thanks so much for doing this today. Appreciate it as always. And I'll have to get you back on down the road.
1: I look forward to it, Connor Halley. Thank you for having me on, my friend.
0: There you go. That is Tom Gazzola. He is the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. You can hear him on the Jason Greger show Monday through Friday. The Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen, NHL Network correspondent. He's uh, the guys everywhere. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. And for the Oilers fans looking to tune into the Don Wheaton GM on White pre-game show, That gets going on Wednesday at 4 o'clock on TSN 1260 as the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Washington Capitals. A 5 o'clock puck drop, 4 o'clock, TSN 1260 for that one. Matt Cassian will be by Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, and myself tomorrow. Unless you're listening on Wednesday, then it's Wednesday, 4 o'clock on TSN 1260. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to everyone for tuning in today. Big thank you to our sponsor, Kings, if you're going to sign up, make sure to use promo code THPN. As I told you earlier on in the show, it can go a long way for you. It can really, really help you out. And uh, if you're going to be gambling, make sure you do so responsibly. We will talk to you guys next time here on the other Connor podcast. And when we do that, we'll recap the game against the Capitals. And we'll look ahead to next week for the Edmonton Oilers. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts from.